Today, I want to talk to you about people you know. All of us know people who are amazingly uh, different when you get close to them. When you get close to them and you get to know them and you get around them, it's surprising sometimes. Because in your mind, you think you know people. You meet them, you look at them, their title, you feel like you know them. He's a reverend. He's a pastor. Surely I know him based on his title. He is a doctor. He's a lawyer. He's the manager, the supervisor. You feel like you know people. That's a father, a grandfather. You think just by their title you know them. In John chapter 9, there was a group called the Pharisees. These were amazing people. And by their title, a lot was said. When you were a Pharisee, you were highly educated, PhD kind of people, smart people. If you were a Pharisee, you were the most devoted followers of God on the planet, at least they thought so. They wore certain clothes, they had certain moves, they, they were known to be smart people. Paul was a Pharisee. The Apostle Paul, now think about this. When God looked out on the world, he said, I want to choose somebody that will represent me in an incredible way. The Apostle Paul wrote most of the New Testament. The Apostle Paul is the most quoted man after Jesus in the New Testament. He's amazing. Paul was a smart man. Paul understood the Old Testament like nobody else, front and back. Paul could take the book of Romans and write it on a piece of paper and explain the entire law. And, and, and 16 chapters, lie, lay it down in a way that nobody else could lay it down. He could make connections historically. He was amazing. Paul, Pharisee. But he said, I wasn't just a Pharisee. I was like the gold medal Pharisee. I was the Pharisee of the Pharisees. And Paul was the man that God saved in Acts chapter 8, walking on the road. Matter of fact, Paul was the man who persecuted the Christians those who were followers of Jesus. They were called followers of the way because Jesus said, I am the way. And he persecuted those people, put them in prison, dragged them all, mama, daddy, everybody, kicked in the door, kung fu man, didn't play. And so Paul thought he was right. Paul was a Pharisee. Jesus in John chapter nine, before the apostle Paul comes on the scene, encounters these Pharisees. And when he encounters them, John chapter 9 shows an incredible insight into how they thought. You see, they were used to being on top. They were used to being the right people. They were used to being the ones who knew. They were the ones you dealt with, the Pharisees. But the Pharisees were being outdone by this guy named Jesus. He was healing people. He was gaining large crowds. He, they were losing their social influence, and they didn't like that. And so they set out to discredit him. They set out to eventually have him killed. They were part of the crew that didn't like Jesus. And so in John chapter 9, an incredible miracle happens. A blind man is healed who had been born from birth. The Pharisees were indignant and couldn't believe that this thing happened and so they became frustrated you see these were people who felt they only heard from God 
These were people that were convinced that they are God's best messenger. If God was going to communicate a message, it was going to be through them. They had a hard time admitting that they were weak. Sound like some religious people, doesn't it? You are God's gift to your family. God put you in the family because you saved, quickened. Hey, there you go. God, I'm not making fun of that. I'm just saying you got to be clear that in a lot of our minds, and I've been there, I understand. I knew, I used to think I, I was just spiritually walking on water. After holy service, and God fell on me. One time I was feeling so anointed. And I told this before, I was feeling so anointed. I was a teenager and I was saved and I was filled with the spirit. And the young man was talking to me and I was witnessing to him, sharing my faith and and I felt spiritually like God had, was on me at that moment. And I could tell the young man was getting convicted. And I, I went too far. You ever go too far? And I told him, I said, the Lord, I was kind of preaching to him. <laughs> I, said, I said, the Lord is amazing. He can do miracles. I said, the Bible said, if I speak to this tree, it'll move. He said, do it. Let me see. Go for it. <laughs> I said, I don't feel like that right now, man. I don't, you know, and God don't want me to do that right this second. I'm God's best messenger. That's what's wrong with some of these parents. You're you're confused right now. You, you, you knew that you were the best voice. But it's amazing how you send your kids to school and they meet somebody and they do for them what you could never do. The Pharisees couldn't wrap their minds around the idea that they didn't see all they thought they saw. And that's what I'm talking about today. How do you deal with people who can't see but think they can? In John chapter 9, when this blind man is healed, the Pharisees set out to completely embarrass, humiliate, reject this man's testimony. In part one of our sermon, I talked to you last night about this whole idea of how they basically said it didn't happen. They excommunicated him, the blind man, eventually. And I thought it was fascinating. So what I want to do this morning is I want to talk about four things people who are blind tend to ignore. And you see that in the life of these Pharisees in John chapter 9. And I just want to give you four things to think about. And, and I want you in this to think about two things. One, the people that you are around. Do these four things apply to them? And do they apply to you? For a moment, I want you to just pause and ask yourself, am I a Pharisee? Am I a religious person who goes to church, who's so committed, and he's so in tune that he knows everything about everything and couldn't believe he's wrong? Now, I'll tell you what time will teach you. You don't see everything. I'll tell you why as a leader I've learned to delegate and trust people is because I can't see everything. I have too many blind spots. There are 3,200 members. You added 132 to that. That's 3,200 and 3,000. This bunch of y'all. Anyway. And at the end of the day, I just realized I, I can't be everywhere. I used to be, when I first started pastoring, I was a sin cop. I used to go around looking for sin. Don't do that. Bible say, after a while, I'm like a parent with a whole bunch of children. You just get confused. You forget their names. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And you say, listen here, stop it. You know who you are. You forget their names, you get them confused. And here's what you learn. You learn you can't control everything. And you learn that you don't see everything. 
Some of you go to school and see your children outside of the home. You don't even know them. You didn't know that boy was that cool until he got to school. And so there's something here that the Pharisees can't see. They're like us, blind in areas, but don't know it. Look at these four things and see if they apply to you. People who are blind oftentimes ignore things. Number one, they ignore the obvious and refuse to listen. John chapter 9, verse 24. So they again called the man who was blind, and this is what the Pharisees said to him. Give God the glory. We know that this man, referring to Jesus, is a sinner. And he answered, the blind man did, in verse 25, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I know, though I was blind, now I what? See. This was hard for the Pharisees to see. Verse 26, they said to him again, what did he do to you? You just want to pause for a minute and say, why am I in this conversation? Then they said, how did he open your eyes? I'm still confused. Why is a religious leader not celebrating with me? Why is he asking me these questions? Because he's ignoring the obvious. And one thing that I've learned about blind people is they do that. They ignore what's obvious. And if I'm really honest in my life, there were times it was obvious. Coming out of last year, stepping into this year, you now know some obvious truths. The path you were on, the way you were thinking, the way you were spending, the way you were living, that is not the best path for you. And it's obvious. And blind people do that. They ignore the obvious. Who around you is like that? Secondly, they ignore grace and become offensive. Notice verse 28. The Bible said they, re they reviled him, the blind man, and said, you are his disciple, but we are Moses' disciples. Notice, it's all about fighting now. You know, you know when you can tell a person's blind, they're always attacking you. They're always knocking on your door when you ask them simple questions. You know how you can tell when you're blind about money? Anybody ask you about it, you get upset. That's a sign of broke. That's a sign of debt. That's a sign of problems because you can't talk about it. And, and I, I learned in, in my earlier years that there were areas of my life where I, I was blind and, and I didn't know it. And, and, I, and my, it couldn't be seen until you looked at my temperament. You know what's really powerful about business? You're forced to put it in the open. Balance sheet, cash flow, profit loss. You're forced, you're forced to give people reports. You're forced to show how many sales you had that month. You're forced. And what that does, when you do it right, people find ways around it. But what it does is it makes everything transparent. A lot of times we fake real good. Credit cards gives us the power to fake real good. And we can pretend real good. But what I have learned is if I really am open-minded, if I can really see I don't fight so often. I can just counsel you and your wife for just a few minutes and I can tell. I can tell if you're ignoring the obvious. I can tell if you've become a person who's offensive. When grace is offered to you, when a person's trying to talk to you, you fight them. Why? You can't see. You can't see that these arguments start because you're not, you're not willing to be transparent. 
You're not willing to admit what's obvious. It's amazing. You can look at your checkbook and you can see the balances and not tell yourself the truth. You can't see your physical reality. There are things you just won't look at. Let me tell you, the Pharisees were religious people who prayed three times a day, who fasted three times a week, and they were blind. Third sign that a person is blind is that they, they ignore new ways of doing things. Say that with me, please. Come on. They ignore new ways of doing things. Look at verse 31 of John chapter 9. Now we know this is, this is the blind man talking to the Pharisees. And, and what he's doing now is saying, okay, you guys keep questioning me. You're asking me about how did, how did he heal my eyes and how did this happen? He says, God does not hear sinners. We know that. If he was a sinner, God wouldn't be listening to him. Then he says this, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears them. Now, I want you to notice how he puts the Pharisees back on their heels and says, you guys aren't looking. You guys are struggling because obviously God has done something new. In your world, because he healed me on the Sabbath, that's bad. In your world, because things were done this way, any other way is wrong. And he challenges them. And the Bible said in verse 32, he said, since the world began, it has been unheard of. This is new. That anyone opened the eyes of one who was born blind. You have never seen this before. Let me help you. Oh, you can relate to that statement. Never in church history has it been true that you can have hundreds here and hundreds at home at the same time. Never, ever has it been true that almost over 60% of our income comes outside of this building. Amazing. People don't even, listen, never before have we had people who tell me Listen, Pastor, you got 30 minutes and then I'm going to sleep. Attention spans have changed. Attendance has changed. People have changed. People have questions. If you say things now, they Google you right while you're talking. That's not in the Bible. Let's check that out. Let's check that out. We're going to see right now. That's not how you say that word, Pastor Rick. That's wrong, wrong, wrong. Repeat with me, please. Say, it's a new way. Come on. And blind people struggle with that. They, they ignore new ways of doing things. I don't email. I don't email. I don't email. Don't tell people that. They'll be scared of you when you say that. They don't know what you're talking about. That's like saying I don't have a mailbox. If people, that's the way they think. I, I've had to adjust. If I tell somebody to call somebody, they'll say, I text them. I didn't ask you to text them call you mean like dial them like on a voice call I, I knew things had changed when I was talking to a younger person and I said phone book I used the term phone book and they said what what's that and I said it's where you have a book with numbers in it oh you mean like google on paper come on say, say things have changed come on 
And I think sometimes people struggle when they see things change. You're blind. Your mate's changed. Your needs have changed. You've changed. I've changed. I came here as a 22-year-old 20, pastor. I am 58 now. People, it's changed. I still look the same, but it's changed. <laughs> don't say anything. Don't you hate. Don't start. I'm trying. I'm working on it. I'm telling you. But I know I'm different. You know, I can tell when, I, I, when, I, when I'm trying to reach certain things, I have to reach in my pocket. I was standing out in the hallway the other day, and I was, I was like this, and the members couldn't recognize me. <laughs> it's true. They passed right by me. They said, oh, is that you? I said, yeah, it's me. It's the good look. Praise the Lord. It's... There's something about admitting I've changed. You know what will happen if you don't admit it? You'll miss something. You're tired of being this way. You might as well step to the truth. The Pharisees could not conceive of a new way. And number four, people who are blind ignore the obvious. They ignore grace and become offensive. They attack. Number three, they ignore new ways of doing things. And here's number four, they ignore the obvious and punish the change agents. They punish change agents. Listen to verse 20, 33. Here's what they tell this blind man. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. Verse 34, they answered and said to him, you were completely born in sins, plural, and you're teaching us. And they cast him out, which means they cast him out of the synagogue. They stripped him of his membership. They isolated him. Now he had sight, but he had no friends. Now he had sight but he was even separated from his parents, all because things changed. And you listen to me. When you get sight, you will lose some people. As long as you are impressed with his flattering words, and, and I'm going to tell you, some people will not love you once you stop being flattered. You know, when you first met them, they say, Hey, you know, I was, when I was, well, before, anyway. Um, yeah, just, just follow me. I, I remember when, when, when a new girl would move in the neighborhood. You want me to tell you the whole story or not? Some of you sitting up straight, what you going to say? This is true. They would say, who's going to meet her? And they said, Temple, won't you go over there and say hi to her? And I said, sure, this far as preaching. How are you? Welcome to the neighborhood. Good to have you with us. Uh, yes. What's your name? Wow. And it was amazing. It, it, you know, when I, would, when I would talk, now I was sincere, but I had a friend who was rotten to the core. Anybody got any rotten friends? Okay, don't raise your hand. But anyway, and he would come over and he would meet her. And he would, he was, number one, he was good looking. And he was the best looking of all of us. And uh, we were young, you know, 13 years old, whatever. But he was, he would, he would come over and when he would talk to her, she would go, I'm going to change his name, John. And when John would talk, that's not his name now. When John would talk, it was as if all of the earth spun. And she would ask me, who is that fine man? Why are you asking me who, who he was? <laughs> but, but what was interesting was she was blind 
I knew he was rotten. I knew he was rotten to the core. But I couldn't convince her. I couldn't convince her. I couldn't get her to see. And that's often true for blind people. Blind people just can't see change. Blind people can't see change and they can't see, they don't like change agents. They don't like people who tell them the truth. They don't like people who point things out to them. There's something about looking at your life and understanding, in my life there are going to be people like this. People that I will not be able to help. And people who are going to cast me out if I tell the truth. I told one girl, I said, listen, I'm going to tell you something. I know you knew the neighborhood, but he is rotten. He's our friend. He's been around a long time, but he's rotten. And I remember he was so mad with me, he wanted to fight. Whenever you tell the truth, whenever you tell the truth, whenever you decide to not be a go-along person, whenever you decide to make sure that everybody around you is clear, when you stand up like this blind man and say, I don't know all the answers, but I know one thing. I was blind, but now I see. Everybody will not like you. You may suffer a consequence. And you know what really gets me? We want blessing without consequence. You want to be the friend, you want all your friends, but you don't want to admit these people smoking this much dope could, are not on the right road. This kind of person who's always taking my conversation to this place is not healthy for me. This, this behavior, this location, every time I go to this location, when you decide I'm not going to be blind anymore, when you stand up like this blind man did, you might pay a price. And are you afraid of that? If you are, you can't build the future you want. Let me give you two final things to think about, practical tips for you to deal with people who can't see. Number one, here's what you got to do. You got to believe God and not those around you. Jesus heard in verse 35 of John chapter 9 that they had cast this guy out. And when he had found him, Jesus went looking for the guy because he knew what he, how he felt. Okay, so you just got healed. Your mom and your daddy have, have, have disowned you, basically. The whole community have disowned you. It's tragic. How could such a good thing end up being such a bad thing? You went and got a job. You worked hard. You went to college. And now everybody wants your money or people don't want to talk to you. Or you I mean, you just you can't believe. How could my marriage fall apart after I graduate from college? You helped me go through college, and now because I graduated and make more money than you, I'm not, okay now. I don't believe everything you say anymore because now I'm a research person. I look stuff up. I don't agree in every conversation. And all of a sudden now because things have changed and it's not the same and I see differently, you don't like me the same. That's what happens to a lot of relationships. A lot of parents do that when their kids go to school and get educated. They say, listen, don't bring all that college stuff up in here. You don't want people to talk to you. Jesus knew this man was hurting and he found him and here's what he told him. <laughs> he found him and said, do you believe? Say that with me, please. Come on, come on. No, come on, come on. Say that like you mean it. Come on, say what? That is the question. Do you believe in the Son of God? Listen, do you believe? Now you have sight, but you need more than sight. You need faith. 
you can see, but now, and then the guy answered and said, who is, who is, who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, you have both seen him, watch this now, and it is he who's talking with you. And he said this, these words, this changed everything. Repeat it with me, please. Come on, say, Lord, I believe. You got to start believing. Now that you can see, you got to start believing. You can't just read the Bible, you got to believe. And then number two, you got to accept the fact that some will never see. I think this is, as I close, the hardest part of this. We want everybody to go with us, but listen to me and don't get this wrong. When the, some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these words and said to him, are we blind also? Jesus said to them, listen to these words. If you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you say we see, therefore your sin remains. As long as the people around you think they can see, they're going to be blind. And you have to accept they may not change. They may not change. That may not be what that, this may not be their blessing and I, I can't force this upon them. Boy, that's delivered my life. They won't change their thinking. And there's nothing I can do about it. Look at me, mama, for a second. You can't make him. You listen to me. I've tried to give people money. I've tried to help people. I've tried to counsel people. I've tried to drag people, but I cannot force people. That sometimes the people around me don't want to see. My first question to you last night was, can you see? Once you see, then you got to look at the people around you and say, can they see? And if they can't see and I can see, then I need to just move on with my life. Come on, folks. Shake, take, come on, say man, if you're hearing me. I got to move on. Let this be the year that you move on. Let this be the year that you say, I get it. Next week, I'm going to talk to you about your role in building a future. I'm going to talk to you about how you, for the next five months, I'm going to share one theme, how you, your role, you have a role in building the future. Now, I want you to hear this. It's not God's job alone. Get that, get that straight. Coming to this altar, praying and falling out is not going to change your life. You have a role. Can you say that with me? Say, I have a role in building my future. And here's what's going to happen. Next week, I'm going to show you that what you have to do to have a future is you've got to build certain things. The first thing you've got to deal with this month is building a new mind. You have to learn how to think. And there are two signs, I'll talk about this next week, that your mind is going in the right direction. There are two specific things that will be signs, like on a street, that will tell you if you're going in the right direction. And if you want to know what they are, come on back next week. Let's pray. <laughs> Father God, in Jesus' name, I thank you for this time. I thank you for the power of your word that heals hearts and changes lives. I believe, Lord God, you have called us today to be changed. 
with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here and you say, Pastor, I have thought about what you said and I have been blind and I now see that I need God in my life. You may be a good person, but you are not going in the right direction. Neither are your friends. The people around you, the people you've listened to, they're on the wrong road and you know it. But we can't worry about them right now. Today's talk, today's time, whether you're here or at home, is for you. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you'd say, Pastor Rick, I want to start this first day of the year off right, this Sunday morning, giving my life to God, asking God to open my eyes so I can see. If that's where you are, I want you simply to raise your hand, say, pray for me. Your hand saying, pray for me. I see you. I see you. I see you. And four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I see. I see you. I see more people. Hands up. God bless you in the back. I see you. Father, I pray for those whose hands are lifted. And I pray for those whose hearts are lifted. I pray for those who are home today. Let this be the moment that their lives change. Let this be the moment that they say, I get it. I declare in Jesus' name that they will rise and they will be victorious. I declare in Jesus' name that this will be a moment when they have sight, when they can see. They will leave with a passion to pursue you. What is best, what is best for them? Can you pray this prayer with every hand lifted, please? Say, Lord Jesus. Come on, pray with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I trust you with my life. I ask you to forgive me. Let this be the beginning of a new day. Now that I see you died on the cross for me and I trust you with my life in Jesus name. Now, Lord, let this prayer be the beginning of that change of life for them. And we give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus name. And everybody say amen. At the end of this service, there's a blue packet of information that I want you to get.